Blog Talk Radio. You know, church has become so commercial until we have gotten away from its true purpose. It has become such big business until we allow people to operate and function as long as they have something to bring to the table. People are now more concerned about recording and living in life of the rich and famous rather than knowing Jesus. For the true purpose of the church is so business, not big business. I don't know about you. But I would rather have nothing and no Jesus than to have everything and not know Jesus. You need to confess it today. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Light of Portland broadcast with Pastor Kimberly Black from Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church in Portland, Oregon. Do you know Jesus? Did you know he could live in your heart if you invite him in? the next song you hear prepare to be blessed of the Lord prepare for a move of Holy Spirit prepare to know Jesus in your heart
I love to praise his holy name. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Light of Portland. I am your host, Pastor Kimberly Black, and it is an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to be able to worship with you tonight on the Light of Portland. That song always stirs my heart, and Marvin Sapp is one of my favorite singers. And it's just something about being free in the Lord where you can praise him, being grateful and thankful for being born again, washed in the blood, being filled with the precious Holy Ghost. It gives you a reason to want to praise him. I hope that song stirred your heart up like it stirred up mine. We are in store for a treat on tonight. We're just thankful to God for this opportunity to come before the Lord, um, to worship him again. I don't know if you we're able to make it out to the house of the Lord this morning, but I hope you did. And if you didn't, you can catch up on some good singing, some good praying, and some good preaching tonight. Uh, we are in store. Elder Ketty Copeland is in the house with us on tonight, and she will be bringing the word on tonight. And we are just so excited. So we still got a few minutes before the woman of God comes online. Call somebody, text somebody, forward them that message and tell them, hey, get on the line of Portland because we are about to have some more church on tonight. Truly, God is good to us, and we owe him another praise. We owe him another praise, and I'm excited about what God is doing. We um, are just um, living in such a time to where um, it is time for the people of God fast and pray like never before. Um, I know many of us did the Daniels fast at the beginning of the year, but I want to encourage you, don't let the Daniel fast be something you do just in January, but every now and then, every three months, you need to just steal away and get to a place where you can worship the Lord, and it's just you and him, where you can uh, allow him to minister to you and you minister to him. So I want to encourage you to make time uh, extra time for the Lord in these last and evil days. We are going to go before the Lord in prayer. Following that, we will have a song to get us ready, and then we will hear from Elder Copeland on tonight. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we humbly come before you this evening, thanking you, God, for your mercy, your grace, thanking you for your tender mercy, God. Father, we come before you tonight, and we ask, Lord God, that you would forgive us of all of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We know your word in Revelations tells us that there will come a time uh, when people won't even repent. They won't even be sorrowful for the sins that they've committed. And so, God, we, we, we are getting it ready now. We will not be in that number but we will be in the number of the ones who are saying, Father, forgive us, and we repent. We turn from that thing, Father. Even if it was something we said that hurt somebody's feelings or it was a look that we gave them that just wasn't a look of love, God, whatever, it might have been a thought that we thought towards somebody that cut us off or honked their horn at us. Father, it displeased you, and it brought a little leaven in our lives. And so, God, we ask that you would forgive us, and we repent. We don't want to think bad thoughts. We don't want to say ugly things. We don't want our disposition to be that which is um, something that causes one to be hurt or confused by what we say. So let us remember um, our facial expressions. Let us remember our body posture, Father God, as we're dealing with your people. So, God, we repent of our sins tonight. God, we come before you as empty vessels before a full fountain. We come lifting you up, magnifying you and exalting your name. Lord God, you are good and you are worthy to be praised. We lift you up and we exalt your holy name. You are wonderful. You are loving. You are magnificent. You are a great God. You are a mighty God. Father, we know you tonight to be a savior. You saved us, Father, one day from the sin of this world. You saved us from ourselves. You saved us, God, from broken marriages and broken relationships. You saved us, God, from being on jobs where we were um, unvalued and uh, unappreciated. You saved us, God, from 
the devil, Father. You saved us, Father. And we thank you for being our savior. Thank you for being our keeper tonight, God. You kept us from danger, seen and unseen, Father. You kept us, God, because we were in an accident, but we walked away, Mm -hmm. Father. We were standing somewhere, Father, and, and we saw violence, God, and but you kept, you brought us through. You kept us, God. We were even in some situations, Father, strung out on drugs, Father, out playing Russian roulette with our lives, God, but you kept us, God, oh, God. and we're grateful and we're thankful tonight, oh, God. Father, we know you to be a healer and disease, God. There's nothing too hard for you, oh God. There's nothing that you can't heal, nothing you can't remove from your people, God. So we lift up, Father, those that are dealing with sickness and infirmities in their bodies. God, we ask that you would touch those with cancer, touch those with diabetes, touch those with lupus, touch those with AIDS, touch those, Father God, um, with thyroid problems and um, and MS, Father, touch, Lord God, those oh, who God. are dealing with mental health issues. Touch those with high blood pressure, low blood pressure, Father. Touch, oh God, your, your people that are living with heart failure and kidney failure, God. Touch, Lord God, those that have lung diseases, Lord, liver diseases. Touch in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, touch our bodies, Lord, today. Touch our muscles, Lord. Touch our nervous system, oh God, with your feelings with your finger of love, Lord. Let your healing virtues flow from the crown of our heads to the sole of our feet. Lord, you know the number of hair that's on our head. You know our number of days. You know what we're going through and you know what we're going to go through. So God, we declare and decree that if we are healed by your stripes, so God, heal tonight. Heal this nation. It's a sin-sick soul, God, uh, in this nation because they're plotting, Lord, evil against another woman or another man. They're plotting evil against somebody that don't even look like them. They're plotting evil, Father, because somebody don't believe like they believe. Lord, touch this world today. Transform our minds that we may think on those things that are good those things that are virtuous, those things that are lovely, those things that are of a good report, those things that give you praise. Touch our minds. Transform our minds tonight, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, we pray tonight for America, Lord God. Lord God, we just witnessed five black men uh, beat another black man, Father. I heard the conversation today. Never have police officers been accused of a crime immediately uh normally our white brothers that 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 abuse people get a leave of absence they get paid um and and be on leave but god these black men were fired immediately lord god they thought the blue was going to protect them it's still in america they are black father and uh, african americans and black people father god are still being treated mistreated and mishandled and misabused but god tonight we pray for this nation we pray for memphis tennessee we pray for atlanta georgia we pray for dallas and houston texas and austin texas we pray oh god for portland oregon we pray for gresham we pray for seattle washington we pray for denver colorado we pray for las vegas Nevada, Henderson, Nevada, Phoenix, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. Oh, God, we pray for Arkansas tonight. We pray for Mississippi, oh, God. God, show you up, Lord. We pray for Washington, D.C., oh, God. Touch, Father, in the name of Jesus, your people everywhere, that we would love mercy, do justly, and walk humbly before you. Lord, be with the families right there in California, oh God. They've had three uh, mass shootings within the last uh, 30 days, Father. Touch, oh God, that community tonight. Touch the grieving hearts of every son, every daughter, every mother, every father, every sister, every brother that's preparing to bury a loved one. Touch, oh God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask, Lord God, that you just have mercy on us. Lord God, we the, the hearts 
uh, of the king is in your hands. And just like you can change the channels of the river, you can change the heart of the king. So touch uh, President Biden. Touch Kamala Harris, God, Vice President Harris. Touch our mayors. Touch our governors. Touch the chief of police. Lord God, please restore integrity, oh God, not just in the White House, but from the White House to my house. Let integrity, God, come forth, oh God. God, put up a fear of God in our hearts, a respect for God back in our hearts. Let us talk about you at the dinner table. Let us read your word to our children, oh God. Let us talk about your word, God, with our friends and our coworkers and our family. Oh God, how we need you today. Lord, I I thank you for being in the midst of it all. And I thank you for pulling us through every trial, every tribulation, every heartache, every heartbreak. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, because you said in your word, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. You said in your word that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. God, you said in your word that 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 though 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 we uh, endure hardships, we must endure hardship as a good soldier. Help us to stand firm, Lord God. Help us to be confident in what we stand upon. And so we stand upon your word tonight. Your word is life building. Your word is what gives us strength. Your word is what gives us hope. Your word is what gives us direction. So tonight, Father, we pray for Elder Copeland as she comes to bring the word to us tonight. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you, oh God, will give her a word, God, that will penetrate our hearts and our minds. Give her a word, oh God, that will bring conviction to our hearts, God. Give her a word tonight that will cause us to walk upright, to live holy, to live blameless in this corrupt and perverse nation. Oh God, give her a word tonight that will help us, God, uh, not have fear and not worry and not doubt, God, but to help us have a strong faith. Give her a word tonight. Then, Father God, as, as you give her that word and she declares and speaks that word, give us a heart to receive it, a mind to retain it, a will to do it. Ha! Yes, God, give us an obedient spirit tonight, Father, that we may glorify you and magnify you, not in what we say, but what we do, because it's all in the doing It's all in the doing. So, God, you get the glory out of our lives tonight. You be pleased, Father, with what we do and what we say. And, God, we'll give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. It belongs to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank God and amen. Come on, everybody. Open your mouth and worship the Lord. He's worthy of the glory. He deserves the praise today. Come on, everybody, all over the room, open your mouth and worship him. Lift your hands and bless him in this place. Your heart, lift your voice. 
Elder Copeland, I yield this call over to you. Amen. Elder Copeland, can you press one on your phone, please? And then I can bring you on live. Amen. Pastor Black, can you hear me now? 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, we can. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone that is joining on tonight on the broadcast. My name is Elder Kitty Floridor. I'll be your host for tonight coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, up under the incredible and amazing leadership of Bishop Tyrone Washington, his lovely wife, Jacqueline Washington, and Pastor Laws over at Total Truth Restoration Ministry in Mableton, Georgia. Thank you so much, Pastor Pennington, for allowing me the opportunity to be here and to my children and family and friends and each and every one of you that is joining me by on the airway. Thank you to each of you on tonight. I am so glad and grateful to have the opportunity to bring you the word, amen, uh, speaking about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the, and the, the, the benefits that was given to us just because he decided to walk out in his purpose, just because he decided that it was more God's yes in his life was more important than any other decision that he had going on for that time. Amen. Before we go into the text, let's go into prayer. Father, we thank you for each and every one that has joined us tonight on the broadcast, Lord God. Lord God, we know, God, that it is you, God, that has orchestrated us to be here tonight to join together, oh God, to hear what you have to say, Lord God. Let it be all of you and none of me, Lord God. Allow you, Holy Spirit, to have your way and move by your spirit, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for those whose ears that the word will fall into, God, that they will be able to receive it, Father God, into their ear gate, God, that their heart is ready to hear what you have to say, Father. But most of all, we thank you, Father God, that you will allow this word to continue to work its way into our life where we will do life application, Father God. We thank you, God, and we count it done. Is these another blessings we ask in Jesus Christ's matchless name we pray. We say amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So on tonight, uh, and how I uh, was studying, and I said, you know what? The work of Jesus Christ that was done on, on Golgotha Hill was so much more important than any other any other verse that we would read in the Bible, amen, because every other verse prior to his crucifixion leads to his crucifixion. It leads to the very reason why God created him. It leads to the reason why God decided, hey, I need to send Jesus Christ. And the work that he established on Golgotha Hill, nothing before his crucifixion Nothing after his crucifixion would have, um, what's the best word? It could not be validated. And so when Christ decided, when even when he was praying, and he said, Lord, if you could allow, and I'm paraphrasing, if you could allow this cup, you know, this cup, do I, do I really have to do this? I'm paraphrasing the scripture. If he would have, not said, you know what, not my will, but your will, God. Every Everything after the crucifixion would not be validated. There would have not, there wouldn't have been a need for him to tell the Holy Spirit to, um, to he would have been able to tell the number one, the disciples to tarry and wait for the Holy Spirit, the teacher, the comforter. There wouldn't have been the book of Acts where they Sat and they wait in the upper room where 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 the Holy Spirit fell upon them, where they were able to speak in different uh, different languages, each their own tongue. There wouldn't have been uh, where where Paul was uh, able to have his Damascus Road experience. We wouldn't have the Book of Revelation had Gal the work that was established on Golgotha Hill if Christ didn't complete it to the end, we wouldn't even be here. And if we were here, we wouldn't be here because of sin, because his whole purpose, the whole reason, the the whole desire of God for him creating Jesus Christ was to be able to take on our sin. That was his whole purpose. And when I was reading, it was, it was as if you read a scripture, you see it all the time. But it's like a light bulb moment 
like, wow, if this didn't happen, then I wouldn't be here. If he would have said no to the cross, then we could not be able to communicate through this broadcast because we would not be in existence. Because remember, the, 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 the conclusion to sin is death. And so had he not walked out his purpose to take on our sin, we would, we would not be here. Continue to read the text. And I'm, and I'm mentioning the text about when Christ, uh, the crucifixion, the actual crucifixion. I said, Lord, this text shows us the very reason and the purpose of why you, why you thought it was necessary to bring Jesus Christ into this, into this earth. And that same reason that he had to bring Jesus Christ to this earth is the same reason why he has for us to come to this earth. Jesus Christ and what took place on the crucifixion was simply his purpose. His purpose, his identity in God, his, his reasoning why God says, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to find, since I can't find a human prior to Christ, after Adam, since Adam couldn't even establish what I wanted him to, what I wanted to be done, the way it should have been done with him and Adam and Eve, where, where it wouldn't have been necessary had Adam and Eve just obeyed God. There would not have been a reason for God to say, I need to find, find um, and have Jesus Christ to come down. I have to come down. It's, it's God saying, I need to come down from my heavenly abode in the kingdom, come down to this earth, to, to, the, to the earth, to see what it is to be a human and still be 100% God so that I can give the people a way of escape so they won't have to deal with the penalty of sin, which is death. God allows every single last one of us. We have a purpose as to why he desired for one day our mother and our father got together, conceived in the wound, and brought us here into the earth. The word of God tells us that he even foreknew us before we were even in our mother's Womb before our parents even decided that they would get together to even conceive us, to have us, God had a purpose for us. His purpose for us is not for us to just wake up and do the daily things that we do on a day-to-day basis and say, ooh, that was great. I went to work today and I was able to pay my light bill and pay my phone bill, pay my car note. That's it, Lord, and go to bed and wake up and do it again. That is not the purpose. I don't believe God, when he, when he said, let there be light in Genesis, I don't believe he said that just so that we can wake up and just continue to do what we, our daily routine of things. There is a season and a purpose. Our purpose is to fulfill the assignment that God has personally personally placed on each of us that will allow change to take place in such a way that it doesn't only affect us, but it affects everyone around us. That's the roadmap of Christ's life. When he walked in his purpose, it wasn't only for him and the people around him. It affected everybody. And so when we learn our identity and we and and some for some of us it's not about us learning our identity when we accept the purpose that God has shared with us of why he created us all of those who are around us will be affected. The book of the if we look at the life of the disciples they mimicked and followed him the same way. Had they not decided one day when Christ called them and they said, okay, I'll come, 
and they followed him instantly. Nowhere is it recorded. I looked through the scriptures. Nowhere did anybody stop and say, no, nah, I, I got to think about this. I don't know. I don't know yet. Let me go check with my spouse. Let me check with my kids. Um, mm, nah, I looked in my bank account. Wells Fargo, no, nah, Christ, I can't do it this week. Not this week. Talk to me. Talk to me on my next pay period. Maybe, maybe I can do, you know, what you're calling me. You, I hear you calling me, but not right now. Uh, I'm, I'm next in line for that, for that uh, promotion. No, no. No, Jesus, I know you've come by way of the ocean, you know, you see these fishermen, but you're not calling me because I'm just called to be a fisherman and that's all I want to do. I just want to be able to just make a comfortable living for me and my me and my family and that's it. No, that's not how I went down. Sorry. <laughs> if if you're reading a text that reads of something other than, okay, I'll go, I'll follow you, then you're reading the wrong, that's not the Bible. That that's not the right, because not one time did any of them ever say no, that I'm not coming. Because they even understood at that point of contact, when Christ called them, they knew I have a purpose that's greater than what I'm doing right now. That will affect every single person around me. Even the betrayal, even the kiss of the kiss of death that identified Jesus Christ as Jesus Christ, even he had a purpose for the betrayal. Every single last one of them. And guess what? <laughs> they walked out the purpose, even though the outcome for some was not what God designed. But in the beginning of the calling to the purpose, they walked the purpose. They decided, okay, if if you're calling us to follow you, we will follow you. And we'll listen and we're willing to learn. We're learning to be, we'll learn your ways and not our own ways. It's just like take uh, whatever occupation that we, we have now. If our occupation is customer service, Christ calls us to follow him. It is now our duty to drop everything that we've learned, unlearn it, and relearn what Christ has to put into us. Not to say that what our prior experience with customer service is not important. We can add that to what Christ has given us, but our ways our way of living, our way of thinking, our way of processing, this life has to change. Otherwise, the scripture that says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, we wouldn't have a reason to renew our mind because it takes a transformation of the mind. It takes our, our, our mind cannot even comprehend that everything that we've learned prior to Christ, he has to un- unravish some of that learning. He has to remove some some of that learning so that we can get to the core purpose of who we are in him. And the only way we know our purpose is when we we are willing to accept his identity. Our identity tells us who we are. When they put uh when we go somewhere and they say, Hey, do you have valid um ID? It identifies who we are. Our purpose helps to identify who we are. But the, the 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 concern or the issue that a lot of us run into is that we don't even realize we have an identity in Christ or we don't want to accept that identity because it doesn't fit the mold of what the world says or it doesn't fit the mold of what our mind is telling us. The world tells us, strive for it, have success. You need to chase after success and success this and success, success, and set these goals and do this and do that. And our definition of what success is, when we try to take God's purpose in our life, we say that's not success. But I've come tonight to say that is success. 
As a matter of fact, that's the that's the overall purpose of our whole life when we walk into the very thing that God has told us to do. Because success is not measured, but we measure our success based on tangible things. What's how much money I got? What neighborhood we live in? What kind of vehicle we drive? What's our social status in life? But God's success is measured by obedience. How much of me are we willing to obey on a daily basis so that we can walk into the purpose of Christ? Christ's purpose was so important that it is the very, it's engrafted into the different prayer watches. His purpose was so important that God says, you know what? His purpose is going to be fulfilled during the sixth prayer watch, which is from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. His purpose was fulfilled in a three-hour time span. But his development into his purpose, the, the training that he needed, happened within 33 years. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't. God doesn't have to take long to to fulfill his purpose in our life. The reason why sometimes it seems too long, because the longer we delay in walking in in his obedience, the longer it's going to take. The sooner we obey, the sooner we can walk into the purpose. That's why the disciples did not, when he said, follow me, they immediately followed him. Because to the to the quicker, the, the, the faster we obey and come into agreement with what God wants in our life, the quicker we will see the results and how others are changed because we decide to say yes to God. We, we've made, and when I'm saying we, I'm speaking about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God have made getting in obedience to Christ become a thing of unpopularity. It's not necessary to do it. We've made to walk with Christ become a thing of self. It's all about self. We've made walking in the identity and the purpose that Christ has given us a thing of well, I don't know if people, if they don't agree with it, I don't want to do it. We are looking for others to be okay with the purpose that God has given and endowed inside of us. And Christ, he didn't do that. His disciples didn't even understand his purpose. And he, he had to tell Peter, <laughs> when Peter, let me tell you, your purpose in your life is so important that when people even try to come in, persuade you to go a different direction, you have to be willing to stand firm and knowing, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to negate my purpose just because it doesn't fit the mold of what everybody else is doing. Peter came and Peter told him, oh, pretty much, uh, no, don't do that, Christ. I don't think you should go do that. And Christ had to rebuke him and say, get thee behind me, say, no, I'm I'm not listening to you. Us obeying God is the most important thing. Our obedience to God supersedes anybody, anybody else's opinion. Our obedience supersedes opinions of men. And when I'm saying men, I mean mankind, gender neutral, everybody. Nobody should have that much power and influence over us to the, to the point that we negate the purpose that God designed us. Because in the place of purpose, that's where we'll find peace. Because in disobedience comes hardship. It comes consequences. Comes, um, you know, a life of uh, you're not fulfilled. When Christ walked his purpose, he was fulfilled. Why? Because he did what, what God had designed him to do. It was not a, it was it wasn't a struggle for him to do it. The struggle came in when he was thinking, well, maybe if this couple passed by me, then he said, you know what? That's all right. God, you, what you said about my life is more important than what I'm thinking. My thinking can't even comprehend the purpose. 
we don't have the capacity to understand the greater purpose of why created us. We think too small. Our purpose we've designed that God has designed us for, we have we have taken it and we have um we have we've put it in where we believe the purpose can only be fulfilled based upon what we're, we have the ability to do. Christ knew his purpose cannot be fulfilled unless he had a team of people working with him and laboring with him and walking with him. He knew he, he had to go on that cross. He knew he had to die, but yet he still incorporated and included others and taught them and delegated assignments and tasks, and he was always teaching his disciples. Us, we think our purpose is just us. Well, if I ain't able to do it, I don't see the money to do that. You call me to have the purpose to do X, Y, Z and start this kind of um, ministry that does X, Y, Z to help X, Y, Z. And I don't see the I don't see the comma checks in my bank account. So, God, that must not be you. Christ didn't know that at the point of him traveling to Golgotha Hill that someone, oh, God is so awesome, that somebody would have had to come to help him to carry his cross. On his way to fulfill the purpose, his needs was met. Even though the purpose was not something that our human, our flesh could understand, who who would want to who would want to go walk out death? Now we have to keep in mind when we're talking about crucifixion, we have to always say the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, because remember, crucifixion was the style of how they would kill people. So when I'm saying the crucifixion, there was the thief. Remember the thief that was on the cross? That was a, 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 a type of crucifixion. That was his way of dying on the cross. But the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, he had to establish that crucifixion so that we would not have to bear the load of sin, the the, the, the penalty of sin, the future sin. Is designed to affect the future and generations to come. Till this day, we, oh God, his redemption power, the benefit of what he did on the cross, we still see the benefits of it. We still have the ability to come to him, to, to, to receive salvation, to not have, we have, a, we have a way of escape so that we won't have to go to hell. The bigger, the bigger picture of his purpose, the benefits of walking out the purpose. Not only did it change for the disciples, but generations up until tonight still have the ability that if we choose Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ died and was raised from the dead, we have the ability to be saved. How long ago did the crucifixion take place on Golgotha Hill? And yet today we still make decisions on the final resting place of our soul based on the purpose that he walked out when he was here on this earth. When he decided that it was more important for his nails, his hand to be nailed to a cross, his feet to be nailed to the cross, the the thorns on his crown of thorns on his head for this day on this night to take place so that we can still have the opportunity to share about the goodness of Jesus Christ, to share with somebody that you have purpose. There is hope in you. Long as you are opening up your eyes, there's a reason that God has created us. The benefits that took place on the cross being shed, the blood had to shed. They had to pierce him in his side. To the point that the blood came out of him. And it said in the scripture, not only was it blood, it was water too flowing out of him. He had to drink the bitter drink, the the, the bitter drink that they was giving to him. So that we would be here on tonight on this prayer line. It's not an accident that we're on this prayer line. God has purpose. There is a purpose. Even with sleep, wanting to come down, I want to go to sleep. But there's a purpose. There's still a reason. There's somebody who needs to know that Jesus Christ loves them. 
that there's opportunity for each and every one of us to share the good news. Our yes to God affects every single person around us and for generations to come. Don't you know that we're sowing spiritual inheritance that changes from from not only our children, but their children and their children, children, and those who are yet to come? Because we decide to walk in the purpose that Christ has decided that we need for our life. So as we come tonight, we, we ask God to allow us the ability to, first of all, repent for discounting the purpose that he has over our life. To stop thinking so small and putting the purpose in the box it's, it's down, uh, what they call it, you know how they have the bite size, size of chocolate now, the mini bite size. We've taken the, the purpose of God and turned it into the bite size. We've condensed it to fit us, fit our mold, fit our thinking. And he's saying this is not just for you. Your purpose ain't for you. Your purpose is for everybody else around you. I didn't wake up in school, in elementary school, when, when they were asked children, what do you want to be when you grow up? I didn't wake up my hand and say, well, I oh, me, teacher, call my name. Me, I want to be an elder. That's what I want to be. I had no clue. Purpose. I didn't know, oh, me, call me, call me. I want to be able to pray. But the purpose doesn't only affect me, it changes every single person around me. So yes, I yes, God, I accept I accept the calling to be an assessor. Yes, God, I accept the I accept the responsibility of praying because I've learned from from, from Pastor Law because when God tells us to pray for something or someone, we just may be the only person on this earth that God trusts and trusts enough to actually pray, that can change it. We are created for purpose. If you're not sure what your purpose is, they always say whatever vehicle it is that you that you drive, you want to know how it operates, go to the manufacturer. What is my purpose? I don't know. Who created you? Who designed you? Who put their DNA in you? Go back to the first love, which is God, and ask him, or if you've already asked him, obey. Just obey God. Don't go against it. Don't fight against it. Just walk in it and watch how things begin to fall together and align. Long as we walk in in purpose, God will meet the need. Look at what he did for Jesus Christ. God met his need. Every time he had a need, he already established it for him. He already established it. Christ didn't have a worry. He didn't have a care. He didn't have a zip code. He didn't have a LLC. He, ain't, he, didn't have, he didn't have no fancy car. He didn't have, you know, the greatest of all animals. Or, you know, he didn't have the greatest pair of shoes when he was walking the greatest sandals. He just went. His faith was, I'ma just go. And as I go, God, you're going to meet the need. And that's what was established on the cross. That's what, what God was able to fulfill during that, during that watch, that, that, that sixth prayer watch, where he said, you know what? I have need of you. I need you to go and die on the cross for the people so that on this day, on this night, they will have an opportunity to experience me in a way that will change their life, that they will have an opportunity to, 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 to say yes to me. So as, we, so as I get ready to close, amen, I want you to remember that Jesus Christ loves us with a love that we could never understand that he shed his blood for the benefit of healing, deliverance, to set the captives free so that we may have an opportunity to come to him and allow him to be the Lord of Lord over our life so that we won't have to walk alone because He will, God said, I will give you a piece of me to live inside of you, which is the Holy Spirit. It, as we go into walk 
walk out our salvation, our, our Holy Spirit will be activated in us to be our teacher, to be our comforter when we need him so that we will know and remember that we are not alone. And then he's to send those who will collaborate with us as we walk out our purpose. So be encouraged to know that there is still hope, that it's never too late to say yes to God's purpose in our life. It's never too late to say, Jesus Christ, I need you as my personal Lord and Savior. It's never too late to say you can be the Lord and, of Lord and the King of King over my life, that I don't have rulership. I relinquish all power. And, God, I surrender to you, Lord God. I pray that each and every one of you take the time. If you're not sure, go back to to the first love, which is God, and ask him, God. Or if you know the purpose, go back to it. If you put it down, put it to the side because you got discouraged or you felt like, I don't have the wherewithal. I don't know how to do this, God. Go back and say, Lord God, forgive me. But here I am. Help me. Send those who will help me to complete the destiny, the purpose that you designed for me so that all those who 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 who, who need it, will be affected, the masses that you have sent and assigned to myself as we walk into the purpose, they will have the residual effects over and over and over again for generations to come. Amen. Pastor Black, I turn it over to you. Amen. What an awesome word on tonight. What a firm reminder to us uh, that it is never too late for us to live according to what God has purposed for our lives. All we have to do is surrender, submit, and be ready to honor him and to bless him. Well, it's our time to say uh, good evening. I pray that something was said tonight that will encourage you, that has encouraged you, that has placed in your spirit to strengthen you and comfort you as you go through the week. May you take the time to go back over the scriptures and allow this word to stew in your spirit so that you may begin to walk in the purpose and to walk in what God has for you. What God has for you, my brothers and sisters, it is for you. And only you can hinder it. Only you can stop it. Only you can block it. Let's be found doing the will of Christ. Until next Sunday, may the peace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with you until next week. Uh, May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. Be blessed, my brother. Be blessed, my sister. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it.
Just stop. 